0: Tired of looking at new Apple products? Uh, yeah, I mean, I hesitate to say that. It sounds uncharitable. I know. But it has been quite an intense schedule. I think it's you know obviously partially because they try to dump everything at once normally, and now it's strung out over weeks. But yeah, it's a lot. It's been a lot. <laughs> you and, and I can't phone any of it in. I'm physically impossible of phoning stuff in. Right. So you know, it's just exhausting. That's all. I I
1: have the same thought, and there's a part of me that gets a little petulant, and it's like, so we got, you know, I, I was very excited to get the uh, AirPods Max, because um, they look really neat, and they're very expensive, and it sure is fun mm-hmm. to be able to try them without ordering a pair. And now at this point, in addition to spending 550 bucks, you have to wait, you know, weeks and weeks to get them. Um, mm-hmm. But then when they're like the end, you know, review embargoes drop Thursday morning and it's like 24 hours. F you. I'm just going to phone this in and write three sentences. Sound good. Too heavy. There. Done. <laughs> Publish. But I can't. I have to start. I, you know.
0: It, it, yeah. Of course. And it wasn't even the review embargo, right? It's just right. A, like, Hey, yeah. you know, this is the next morning. Um, first look stuff. Yeah. Right. So I, I refused personally to sort of review them officially, because I'm like, there's no way, you know? And I I felt it it wouldn't do anybody a service to pretend that I had some sort of fully formed opinion on these things. But at the same time, I can't just go like, oh, hey, look, here's the pictures. I I don't know. I'm just incapable incapable of it.
1: Well, and I also feel like, and I get it, you know, in some sense, I feel a little less pressure because it looks like at this point, nobody's... Getting them for Christmas if you haven't already ordered, mm-hmm. um, right? Although maybe right. Are if there you're silver? not an early
0: adopter, who's right. going to order them anyway? Are the you're, silver you're ones you're not going to get them yet?
1: Maybe you could still get the silver ones. I don't know. Um,
0: I don't know. But uh, uh, and there was that that fun thing that you pointed out that right. you could get engraved ones <laughs> in December, but you could couldn't get non-engraved ones until January. <laughs>
1: right. That was and it didn't last long. It was, but it lasted about an hour. Uh, and it's like, what if you really want a pair that's not engraved? You don't want any marks on them at all, but you really want Mm -hmm. them by Christmas. What is the least intrusive engraving that they would let you put? So you, they wouldn't, they won't let you just put a space. Um, that, you know, their, their little engraving dingus will, interprets that as no engraving at all. So if you go to say, I would like to get my AirPods engraved, and this entire string you enter is just a space or a series of spaces, and then you hit OK, it ac- it goes back to the next screen, and it has no engraving selected, which makes sense. Oh, right? uh-huh,
0: yeah. What uh, Did you try, this is random, but did you try using a zero-width space?
1: No, I didn't try any fancy Unicode. Uh, okay. That's, that's, that would be clever. I did try a dash, which would just look like a little, you know. Uh huh. uh, I also thought if (laughs) I I forget, I think that the engraving goes on the left cup because the right cup is the one with the controls. So I thought, you you know, what if you just put an (laughs) L? Right. (laughs) because <laughs> that even if you don't want uh-huh. them engraved you don't want to put your name on them you don't want to put something clever on them you don't want I, I, an emoji right.
0: just I, put an L I like that it's I like that it's minimal because it, it's very Appleistic, it's like hey we only need one because right. obviously the other one is ours
1: Right, but it is, it's how bizarre uh, is it that for a while at least you were able to, and it's just, you know, I'm sure it would actually be fascinating, and it's the sort of thing they're never going to talk about, but it would be course. fascinating to get Jeff Williams to explain it, you know, like, and I'm sure that it's a fascinating explanation of the different supply chain paths that engraved versus non-engraved ones take. Uh You know, in theory, engraving should take longer, but, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's in my mind if you if you just go the dummy route on the supply chain you know analysis here it would probably be that there's a certain amount set aside for engraving because right. they go to a facility for engraving and it's like if you if you're going to get them engraved they come from this pool which is usually less purchased people probably buy far more without engraving um, and then you know those those are still in stock. Yeah. So that's probably it, it. Just you know the simplistic way of looking at it. Do you, By the way, I just tried. I just tried to zero with space. It does not work. Yeah. So sorry for anybody looking to do that. <laughs> do you do you get your stuff engraved when it's offered? <laughs> very very rarely. Literally, the only thing I can I, I currently own. I have in the past. Um And like for my wife, maybe gotten her a phone engraved, you know, Um I think maybe even her current phone is. But the only thing I currently own is an AirPods Pro case with an emoji on it. And mm-hmm. the only reason I did that is because I know which one is my current one and which one is mine and not an Apple review unit as they come and go. And um, that way I know, you know, that one's mine yeah. because there's, I have a lot of AirPods around here, either that I've purchased or when Apple, you know, drops new ones and Man. and I review a unit, All it's right. sitting here. Right. And then uh, I don't know which one's which.
1: All right. I, I, I would like to get my stuff engraved, but I can never decide what to get engraved on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I realized. Yeah, paralysis
0: right. of choice. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it, you know, it, it really, <laughs> I, I will sit there in front of the engraving form for a very long period of time and then I'll think well this isn't getting me anywhere and then a sensible person would think this isn't getting me anywhere I'll just order no engraved and be done with it but what I'll do is I'll say I'll I'll think to myself I need to get up and walk around maybe I'll take a walk you know uh-huh. put, put my coat on I'm going to go <laughs> I'm going to go pick up uh, some or something like that just to clear my head yeah, so I, so I can think about this. And then I realized, you know, it's like I'm doing all this, you know, and, and taking a walk to clear your head, you know – Get some ideas. That's all good, well and good, and it works. But it's like I'm I'm not doing it for like uh, something clever to write about. I'm doing no, <laughs> doing it yeah. to figure out what ch- should I get in grade. Not,
0: not trying to slice an editorial Gordian Gordian knot. You're right. trying to figure out whether to do the 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 rock emoji or the yeah. or the okay emoji. Well, yeah. for me, it'd be
1: so super boring. Should I just get like JG or should I just get Gruber? Mm-hmm. Or should I should I go with that? They they do give you a star emoji.
0: Hmm. Right, right. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe just group. Yeah. Just why group why are we the way that we are? I right. don't understand this. Right.
1: And then I would just wish it makes me wish. I was like, I oh, "God, I wish they would just charge
0: $25 to engrave it cuz then I would say, "Ah, forget it." You know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Free is the worst, yes. you know. Charge me a dollar because then I have an excuse to be like, "Ah, I don't." Right. The and
1: <laughs> I'm not for like AirPods Pro, right? I I ordered mm-hmm. uh, AirPods Pro last year and I got them. And it's like I'm not worried about like Oh, if I get my name engraved on the case, then the resale value is no good. I'm not gonna who's right. gonna buy a used no. pair of AirPods Pro. That's well, it's, it's, people it's,
0: do, but yeah, I yeah. would never sell them personally. Yeah, I'm yeah. not.
1: Uh, it's yeah. So it has nothing to do with that. It's just pure indecision. Oh terrible. Yeah. Uh and again, and and then there's something to me with the AirPods Max where it's like there's a little bit of an asymmetry there. Now they're permanently asymmetrical because the controls are only on the right. And the engraving's on the left. Anyway, par- paralysis, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't know what I would do. But anyway, you can't get them by Christmas, so it's no, no worries. Uh, you and I had, had very similar thoughts. I, I always, I, I say this all the time, it's, it's, it's always a relief. It's like I don't want to go go on and on about how heavy these things are, and then I read all the other reviews and nobody says anything, and it's like maybe this is completely normal, and
0: or, or maybe yeah yeah exactly maybe I just have a weak neck yeah what's going on with right. me yeah.
1: right I think President Trump has actually called people pencil necks remember that was
0: <laughs> right, that was right,
1: yeah that was big in the eighties to call somebody a pencil neck geek uh, uh-huh. yeah yeah is there something wrong yeah, with among my the neck? frat
0: crowd yeah.
1: I don't know it. It's uh, but it, they these are heavy headphones in my opinion.
0: They're about a hundred grams. I, I put them on my I put them on my kitchen scale. Yeah. Uh, I have a fairly accurate one I use for baking and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I put them on there, and they're like three hundred eighty five or eighty nine yeah. grams or something. Yeah, uh, which is about a hundred grams heavier than a pair of Beats Studio. Which obviously, sure, there are heavier headphones in between somewhere, but I, I do believe that's on the you know kind of higher end of the scale.
1: Yeah. And my, I have the Bose quiet comfort 35 twos. Um, and I, I guess Bose has another one, a 700s, which I haven't looked at recently. I mean, I just don't, I'm not enough of a traveler and not enough of a, uh, I'm not a Marco Arment who's going to collect headphones. Um, But the bows are 200 and some, so it's, you know, like a little bit over 100 grams. And you feel it, right? Right. It's also, Mm -hmm. it's not just 100 grams. It's the fact that it's 100 extra or 50 extra each on each ear cup, right? Because the weight weight is clearly all on the ear cups. Right. Uh, But again, it's, you know, I'm not saying it's a problem. And I thought you put it pretty well. It's like, I thought your review where you were just like, Look, if you don't like heavy headphones don't buy these. That's it. But it's not like it's a problem, but I I I also think you nailed it where it's. And I think I sort of fall into that category as somebody who doesn't follow the headphone industry, you know, I get a pair I mm-hmm. like and and that's it. Um I was a little surprised at how heavy they were. And maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been based on the fact that they are really high end in terms of the drivers, you know, and and, and the quality they're trying to produce. Um Right. But it, it's it, it, yeah, it, it's. I mean, I even put it in my headlines because I wanted to be clever. But uh, it, it again, I'm not saying there's a reason not to buy it. Not saying it's a product failure, but hmm, this is something to think about. I,
0: yeah, is. I think so. It's sort of it's sort of that same feeling that you get when you buy, I don't know, a really high quality pen, right? Like a really high-quality pen, uh, very, very right. nice. We're talking almost as almost decorative, right? Like it's usable and, in fact, maybe one of the best pens made for writing simply because they spent so much money making it and the craftsmanship is high and all of right. that stuff. Right. But then you use it and you're like, do I really want to scribble with this thing all day? Because it's pretty heavy, right? right? It's kind of like that where you know that the heaviness is a sign of, Overall craftsmanship and quality, which heaviness sometimes is. Sometimes it's not, right? Like, the, right. I, I remember this is a little tiny anecdote, but like back when I used to sell cameras, uh, one of the big things we'd do was people would come in with these sort of knockoffs of Canon SLRs uh, that <laughs> they would get sold by a mail order, usually. Like, it'd be like, hey, mail order this SLR, right? And they would get it. And it's a plastic body that has the shape of an SLR. But in fact, there's no real prism. It's just a viewfinder, you know, rangefinder <laughs> on top. Right. And then in it's complete plastic body. It technically does work, but it's essentially a fixed-lens pinhole camera, right? Like, it technically does – you could put film in it in the whole bit, but they think they got something special for a deal. But then if you crack those things open, what it is is a re- it's an empty plastic shell that's one step above a disposable camera – only because it can be reused, right? Right. And then in the bottom, they put a slab of lead to make (laughs) it feel like pig metal or whatever. They put a slab in the bottom of it to make it feel hefty, like a, like a So when they pick it up, they're like, Oh, this is great. This feels just like a cannon, you know, but it's like really, it's like canoe or whatever, right? On the, <laughs> on the label. And, um, it happened all the time. It was crazy. It was this thing. I had no idea about until I started working in that business. And, um, I, I think there's some products out there that are that way. You could, you could see them. They pop up now and then and you can tell, Hey, there's absolutely no way, no reason for this to weigh the way it does because they're trying to impart some sense of quality in this, but in reality you open it up and it's like, Oh, it's just a weight in here to make it seem like it's good. Right. (laughs) And, and like there's, physical, actual, still products that do that. But then there's also products that do it metaphorically, right? Where you're like, oh, wow, this has the feel of quality, but it's not really quality. And I don't feel that these fall into that category at all. I actually do feel that they are the weight that they are, specifically because of the materials that were chosen. And the materials were chosen specifically to impart a feeling of quality. So it's, it's not that they were They've got a slab of pig metal <laughs> in each ear cup. They're just heavy because they were like, "Hey, what's the best material we could possibly be possibly use?" And the weight consideration is way down the list. Yeah. You know, way down the list on on these particular pair.
1: Yeah, making them out of making the cups out of unibody aluminum. I don't know if unibody counts, but it, it's the outer shell, other than the foam thing, is just one big round piece of aluminum. Uh, Mm-hmm. So again, I don't yeah, know it's a if hunk of I'm,
0: metal,
1: it's a hunk of, a hunk of aluminum. It, and here on the, uh, the East coast in a pretty chilly week uh, in Philadelphia, it is kind of cool, literally cool that, and figuratively cool that when I'd reach up to touch them, they were very cool to the touch, which is not something mm-hmm. I'm used to with headphones. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of high end, you know, German brands of headphones that are made of metal. Um, that I don't own, but for these, like just sort of wa- wa- wear them while walking around the house. It was really weird to reach up and feel this ice cool aluminum. And again, they don't make your head cool because your cup. You know, you're. you're I'm not trying to say like, hey, your head's going to be cold because there's aluminum cups. The aluminum doesn't touch your head. Um, but it really feels premium. It and it's like mm-hmm. it, you know very futuristic too, right? Like where. It's so smooth and uh, like like a aluminum eggs on your on your ears. They're very organically shaped.
0: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, they are. And and I I do think that they have a um they have a a interesting shape uh on the horizontal axis i guess you'd call it like outwards from the head because many many uh headphones out there premium headphones i should say um have a a fairly large uh, or deep cavity and that is a sort of a physics thing, you know, partially, they need space for the air to move around uh, and for a bigger driver and all of that, right? But it is, somebody brought this up, and this is obviously not everybody's use case and, and maybe, you know, a, a fairly minimal use case, but it does typify how these are different from other headphones in the shape, which is that because they're so flat on the outer side and so close to the head, they're actually extremely comfortable to lay down on. Like somebody asked me in a Twitter, Hey, I wear noise canceling headphones to sleep. Like I put them on and I put white noise on or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, I get it, right? Maybe you live in a noisy place or, you know, yeah, yeah. you're, you're next to the L and you're like, this is the only way I can get to sleep or, or you have anxiety or whatever. And it helps. Um, but he's like, I lay down on them because how are they to lay down on, you know? And I know this is an edge case, but it's just, it's funny to me that it, it actually typifies how different they are because they are extremely flat and lozenge shaped. And that lower profile does actually make them easier to lay down on. And, you know, while I don't think I'll be sleeping with them on in a bed, I I thought to myself, how many times have I been uncomfortable on a plane because I've been trying to lean up against the bulkhead or against you know a a seat rest or turn and you know rest against a seat rest as best I can in a in an economy seat or whatever, and and it clanks against thing and it makes my neck crick and like I can't really, but I need them on because I can't sleep with the roar and the everybody you know farting around me and all this, and so I'm like you know it makes some sense that the shape the, way, the shape the way they are it actually is a sort of departure a left turn from the shape of a lot of premium headphones which typically look like lobot a lot yeah <laughs> you
1: know right 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 <laughs> i I brought up the lobot picture a couple of times couple of times. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, see, those look cool. Lobot looks really cool. But it's like, yeah, he's got all these blinking lights, and there's a lot of articulation, uh-huh. you know, and there's a lot of like levels, you know, like just layers mm-hmm. of, of stuff. And these are uh, just smooth, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the smoothness, the egg shape, the kind of flatness of them, I think a lot of it all of it adds up to a nice differentiation in design. I think it's not as evident until you really bring up a list, and you kind of—I open like a few tabs of all of the. I, I really it, this is this is probably another part of this discussion, but I'm really not interested in comparing these against non noise cancellation headphones, right? Because I think that's just a you know if you're getting into non NC studio monitor, you know, headphones, it's just a different conversation. And I don't feel that it's fair or necessary to have that conversation personally. I'm sure people will have that conversation. Oh, let me compare them against my $6,000 reference headphones with no NC, you know, direct path of the audio straight through with no processing. It's just not that, right? But if you open up all of the NC headphones that are in this price range or even more expensive, um, some of them are, or, or a little bit less, but certainly not cheap, it's, A departure, a a great departure in ID from all of those headphones, which are largely black and brown, some silver, with a lot of bulk and a lot of, you know, very... For lack of a better term, '90s Sony <laughs> design aesthetic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Headphones are really stuck in that universe a lot, and, and I think Beats did a lot to change that conversation. In that, like, hey, headphones are a fashion accessory, and certainly there are other brands. I'm not saying that you know only Apple affiliated brands have done this. Skull Candy springs to mind. They're cheap headphones, but they they changed the conversation around how they look. But of course, of course, of course, you cannot talk about any of this without saying that the Apple earbuds really changed the game as far as headphones becoming a, a thing that people looked at and cared right. about versus just used, right? right. And and they, they certainly, you know, if you had those white earbuds with the dangly thread, people knew what you were up to, and they knew that you had an Airpo- iPod, and, you know, that was a status symbol for sure. And I think these are in that same conversation, you know? Yeah. i it, it, I
1: agree. I mean, and again, I, and I have not done anything even vaguely like a deep dive on noise canceling headphones. And I know people love the Sony, uh, is it MX series QX? I don't know what the hell it is. but there's a Sony one that's in that 200 some price range that people really love where they say the noise canceling is great. And the audio quality is superior than the Bose say, say many, um, I, I got the bows. My family makes fun of me because I actually bought them at the airport. <laughs> <And they're>
0: like, <laughs> you're the guy. You're, you're the, the guy. guy. You're the reason that they sell them at the airport. Got it. Right. We,
1: they, <laughs> I forget where we were going like two or three years ago and I got through security and, uh, I, I, I forget what I, I forget what the story was, but I had like, I'd broken a pair, uh, the headband of a pair like a year or two earlier, and I'd been like putting off getting a new pair. And I was like, the hell with this? I'm not going on this flight without noise canceling headphones. And I knew there was, uh, you know, just (laughs) your typical (laughs) airport place where you buy Bose headphones. And I did, Uh I did quick. Google like, well, what are they? what do they cost at Amazon, and it was like the same yeah, price yeah. it was a you know like right. two hundred seventy dollars right. it was the and i'm like, so who cares I'm it buying, wasn't I'm like there.
0: the seventy dollar sushi right it was right. The, <laughs> it was pricing the same price yeah right
1: it was it was a perfectly fair price to pay for a pair of boys quite comfort too and my my wife and son still do not let me let me hear the end of it but once you have them you it's really it's just drives me crazy and like i wrote my review i i often use it if i'm like writing something or just reading just reading a book i will put my mm-hmm. noise canceling headphones on have them play nothing just to have the noise canceling because it is an overall better experience to have headphones on playing nothing, but canceling out the, to me, rather unpleasant white noise of an airplane cabin uh, Mm -hmm. than to sit there and listen to it. Right? So what do you get? You get better audio when you, when you're playing nothing, but you know, just have more like closer to pure silence, but the physical discomfort of wearing the headphones, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I would, I will take that trade off any day of the week. And then if you actually are watching, uh, a movie or listening to music or listening to a podcast, it's, it's almost unusable to me, um, not to have noise canceling because you have to turn the volume up so high. It's, it's like you you should be getting a warning, you know, that you, you're listening to it too loud to hear it over, over the cabin noise. Mm-hmm. So I'm, a, I'm a fan, yeah. but I'm not an expert on, a, on, on the, you know 20 different brands of them um right it, doing it in the winter was pretty interesting my office uh here at the house has pretty loud heat when the heat's on mm-hmm. uh, and especially like i you know it's a little bit of serendipity and a little bit of maybe just you know just well it makes sense that the the vent was placed over there and the windows right. were over here but i i i just sat down closer to where the it's noisier, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what else did I test it with? The oven. So like when Amy was baking something and turned on the, uh, what do you call the thing that takes the exhaust out of an oven? The
0: the hood, you know, the
1: hood. Yeah. She had oh, the hood. oh,
0: no, the vent. Yeah. The yeah. vent, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you turn this yeah.
1: on and it sucks up the, the, the mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Um, but, right. it, you know,
1: it's pure, it's good white noise, you know, and it's like, boy, they they work. And you know, that's the best I could do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like mm-hmm. going on an airplane ride in the 24 hours I've had them.
0: Right, right. The noise yeah. canceling yeah,
1: seems great.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's good. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I do, I do believe that there's a couple of things, you know, a couple of natural advantages that it has over something like an in ear. I mean, an in ear, you're fighting with an in ear. You know, I'm talking like versus an over-ear headphone. You're fighting the fact that the in-ear has a natural seal, so it already blocks more noise than yeah. an over-ear typically because of the foam and you know the the gap between the the foam and the ear and kind of naturally you know you're going to hear more sound. So the in-ear already has a a nat more better natural seal. But I would guess that just comparing it, say, because I have a I have Comfort 2s, which is Tra- they've traveled all over the world with me, yeah. um, and do very well in an airplane setting. Um, they have less hiss and low frequency noise than a, a beat studio. I have not tried the Sony MX series, which right. everybody, you know, a lot of people swear by over the Bose. Um, so I can't speak to personal experience there. But I, ha- they, they definitely. The QC2s are way better than the Beat Studio, for me, for noise cancellation purposes. Um, and sound is more neutral, you know, too, which I, I actually prefer. But the um, AirPods Pro, obviously, their noise cancellation, quite good for an earbud. I mean, yeah. pretty stellar for an earbud. But I would consider them a little less than the QC2 in terms of efficacy. And I consider that the... the, the um, AirPods Max to be above both of those, right? So I think that's the scale for me is that the QC2s are good, but the AirPods Max do provide superior um, noise cancellation in terms of blocking, you know, low, low frequency and sharp sounds. Sharp sounds especially are very hard for noise cancellation because they're bursts of sound. Um, that kind of pierce the the um antsy, you know white noise frequency, but they the um, max does a better job at sharp sound um, stuff like clinking glasses, snapping fingers, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I found it does a little better job. Um, so I've been pretty happy with the noise cancellation um, efficiency, whatever efficacy that you you know of of these. Um, I think they're good. I think they dull. A lot of rustling and a lot of, you know, um, kind of mid frequency sound very, very well, which is a lot of the stuff that distracts, you know, typically. Uh, Just the low hum of life around you, it kind of cuts that out pretty well.
1: The other thing I I tested the first day I had them, I wore them a lot and I actually had to run out to get some groceries. Um, And so rather than wear my usual AirPods, AirPods Pro, to listen to podcasts while I do this I wore the AirPods Max which I ordinarily wouldn't do but I I realized that it, they do kind of work. It wasn't freezing cold I don't know it was like in the 30s um here in Philly. But it it was sort of like uh you know like having earmuffs on did <laughs> keep you know rather than mm-hmm. wear a hat it was like hey my ears aren't getting cold. <laughs> but then I realized it is it uh it, you know it's it was like huh And then all of a sudden, I had to take them off, put my mask on, then put them back on. (laughs) Yes, definitely not as convenient.
0: There, same thing. Yeah,
1: but once you know, when I leave, I don't take the mask off. You know, it's like I mask up in the house, leave, and I don't. You know, I don't have to take the mask off while I'm in the store. I'm not like taking free samples or anything like that. So, you know, (laughs) but you you, when you when you're using earbuds, you don't have to. (laughs) You don't have to worry about which order no. you mask up. Um,
0: it is valid. It, it's valid to point out. I mean, I ran right. into the same thing. I you know I was running to take a package to the store. But because I live in a driving city, not a walking city, I don't wear my mask in my car. And I don't wear my mask when I leave the house, right? right. So it... it, it Obviously, yes, you're probably not going to be driving, or most people are not not going to be driving around with these things on, no. but just as a test and because I'm trying to get it as much listen time as possible, I wore them out and yeah, you have to do that juggling thing where you you know lift them and put a mask loop on and lift the other side and put a mask loop on and you know all of that stuff to, to get it on and off
1: i have mentioned this many times i I write about it, and I don't know maybe it's me, maybe it's a neurotic aspect of my personality. But for years, I mean going back to the wired earbuds era, I've always listened to podcasts when I'm out running errands and and uh, you know, living in the city, I run most almost all errands on foot, so it's, you know, it's not like I'm driving while listening to something with headphones on. Um and whenever I check out or if I'm at like the butcher counter and I'm ordering some meat, I take the buds out of my ear or at least one of them out of my ear even if my mm-hmm. mute, you know audio is paused as like a, a social signal to the right. person I'm dealing with that right. you've got my audio attention mm-hmm. and the conundrum I've been in since AirPods Pro come out is that I hear better with my podcast transparency paused on. <laughs> and transparency on <laughs> yeah. than I do if I take one out and the whole taking one out thing, like the um, the problem era. Of, For
0: those of you listening under 30, just wait.
1: <laughs> the, the problem era of my life was the regular AirPods era. Because what do you do with the one you mm-hmm. take out, right? It's like now yeah, you've got yeah. a, a delicate You're going to set thing. it
0: down on a dirty counter or right, no, or, you're not gonna do you do that. Know, put, it, put it in your I pocket put it, and then the I, sensors get covered and it starts playing. Playing awkward. Ex- what do I do with it? it?
1: You're yeah. Yeah, exactly exactly. It's like my coat pocket. Is, I feel is clean enough, where I, I would do it. But you can put it in there, and it thinks it's in a. I don't know. It it gets confused. Thinks your ear canal is well. Okay, his ears <laughs> got bigger. But start playing. <laughs> uh, right. it, it. So transparency technically is a huge win. It actually does. I. I it it is a superpower. It is the. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think we're such a visual species that we tend to think of augmented reality as being primarily visual. But we're right. we as a, as a technology civilization are clearly ahead of the game on on the audio side. Like these are augmented reality, and mm-hmm. for me, I, again, and and my hearing, I, I get an annual physical. My hearing. T- I get a two thumbs up every year with the hearing test. You hear the beeps, beep left, right. You know, so my hearing is good. Um, but I definitely in like a grocery store with that white noise, background noise of a grocery store, I hear better with transparency talking to the clerk or the deli person than I do taking them out. But it looks like I'm listening to music or a podcast, right? Like I wish that there was some. I don't know what oh. it would be like. A flashing light obviously isn't going to happen,
0: <laughs> but like a, a red, a red light. You're on air now with me, right? <laughs> like like We're a on yellow the line caller, yeah. welcome.
1: Yeah, like a red T, like transparency mode. This person is paying attention to you. Yeah. Um,
0: but it's but, way worse with over ears, right? Like right. the whole social signal with over ears. It's right. like fuck you. Don't right. talk to me. Oh, pardon my. French, but you know, right? <laughs> don't talk to me, get, that's, get lost.
1: <laughs> that's what I look like going to the grocery store. And I know, and I wanted to, I wanted to like, uh, I love this story. You ever hear the story about the card? I don't know if he still carries them, but uh, that Steve Martin carries around cards that say, like when people come up and they're like, Hey, you're Steve Martin. Can I have your autograph? He he has these cards in his pocket that he gives out. And it's a card that just says, this card certifies that you have met Steve Martin. <laughs> And then, and then it, the transaction's over. He doesn't have to sign anything, and people, right. you know, they they've got you know, and it's charming and funny and oh so Steve Martin. Yeah, they've got a it's,
0: memento, yeah, right. a physical memento. It's so much better even than a autograph on some random slip of paper or whatever.
1: Right. I I, I yeah. felt like I need to take cards around that say I'm listening to you in transparency mode with these headphones, and you've got <laughs> my full audio attention. But I really felt like I needed it yesterday or the day before when I had these over the ear cans on <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like, I, I want you to know, I, a, I want you to know, I hear you loud and clear, but B also, I really kind of need to test these
0: <laughs> in the next 24 yeah. hours. And this is I'm it. not, I'm not just that, that guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I did. I could, yeah. when I checked out, I couldn't do it though. I, I put them down around my neck and that's mm-hmm. when I realized that if you leave them, if you take them off your ears long enough, they, they stop playing uh you know, mm-hmm. like and then you you know, there's like a which which brings us to the fact that they don't have an on-off switch, which is right. a very Apple like design choice.
0: Yeah, and I think there's some confusion about that. Um I know some of the early reviewers or early early looks that were published, um people seemed confused about that and thought that the only way to stop them from draining essentially at full power, you know, like they're on, uh, is to put them in the case, which does, if you say, if you assume that that's the only way to turn them off fully, that is kind of annoying, right? Hey, I got to yeah. use this case at all times if, unless I want my headphones to drain, you know, uh, completely over over the course right. of 10 hours or whatever. Um, but that's not true. Um, so the case is, it puts them into what they call a, an a ultra low power mode, right? Right. Which is, uh, the way I compare this is... If you take the headphones off, actually, the, let me run it through because this is a couple things that I picked up. So if you take the headphones off, immediately they stop playing, right? Just ear detection or head detection. Right. Um, the sensor inside says, hey, this isn't on an ear. I'm going to stop. That's an AirPods thing. It, all the AirPods do that. Right. Then after about 15 seconds or so, they actually shut down the connection between the device that it was connected to and the headphones. So that saves a ton more power, right? Because it says, hey, I'm no longer connected to this phone. I'm just going to go, you know, you're not playing anything from the phone right now. I'm not on your head. And in fact, maybe I'm still, because remember the H1s have accelerometers in them. It says, I'm going to chill out and cut off this connection because that's using up that power that's not necessary. And then I believe there there's one more stage of sort of hibernation that is not, you know, it's essentially what you would call a, a low power mode. And so the difference between that state and what you're talking about with the case, the way that I've come to think of it is that it's like, I'm asleep versus I'm in, versus I'm in carbonite, right? If you're frozen in carbonite and you're alive, but barely, right? isn't that the phrase? Yeah. Is he alive? Barely. I don't know, but it, I can't remember. That's the basic states. Like it's a, it's a, Carbonite frozen. The only sensor that's on is—is uh, is this in the case or not? That's pretty much the only sensor that's alive yeah. in the headphones when it's in a case, which is why it can last so long once it's in there. And it's obviously just a magnet, right? That says, right. "Hey, yo, you're in this case," just like the iPad Smart Cover, right? But then when you take them out and like you wear them, and then you take them off and you set them down, they go into a state that yes, will use more battery than is in the case, but is not the same thing as on. Right? right, and this whole this whole this whole disambiguation of the term on or off is very Apple. Like, right. what does on even mean <laughs> yeah. in in a world with low power chips? Right? right, like you can see the conversation, the philosophical conversation happening, right, right, in the audio department at Apple, where they're like, "But what does on even mean? What is on? You know, what is off? Right?" Um, but I think that's that's like where some of the confusion came from, which is it's not too surprising if yeah. you make assumptions that hey. The case puts them into the the lowest power mode possible, and there's no off switch. Maybe they don't get turned off until you put them in the case, but that's, right. that's not technically true. There's right. There's shades of off there.
1: Yeah, and it's also the exact sort of thing that by its nature is extremely difficult to write about within 24 or 36 hours of right. getting them if you're going to spend most of your waking hours in those 24 hours using them. <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm. so here's Mm -hmm. what I did. I actually, I should have written it down. I believe when I went to put them down last night, I put them down outside the case and I think they were at 81%. And I just looked right now, as you were speaking, they're at 74%. So I I don't quote me on that. It was somewhere around 80. So maybe they lost 5% of their power over the last 14 hours.
0: So I, I could give you a little bit more accuracy on that. Same, I, I ran essentially the same test. Um, and so they. I think about 4 p.m. Uh, to 4.30 p.m. yesterday, I had charged them full and then unplugged them. And then I used them for maybe a handful of minutes. And then after work, I had to cook dinner and all of that stuff. So I actually didn't use them much last night. So I actually took them off, set them on my desk around 5 p.m., uh, and left them there all night. So what, that's over twelve hours, almost fourteen, fifteen mm-hmm. hours, right? Or uh, almost twenty hours. Now, um, when we started this call, which was let's say about forty minutes ago, uh, I put them on and started using them for this call. I'm using them right now, right, to listen mm-hmm. to this call or to listen to you. And they are at ninety six percent.
1: Yeah.
0: So I, it's whatever power they're using overnight. They're not on. in the traditional sense, you know, or or sorry, whatever the power they're using, laying on a desk or, or off your head, but not in a case, right? I did not put them in the case. And so I think that there's, that's, that's a pretty easy tell that they're definitely not on, on.
1: All right. Let me take a break and thank our first sponsor. It's our good friends at Mac Weldon. I did not cook the books on this. This, the fix is not in, but, I didn't even know that they were going to be sponsoring this episode until I came down and I was already dressed. I'm wearing a Mack Weldon uh, waffle shirt and then on top of it, a Mack Weldon hoodie. As I record this read, I do. I wear their stuff and love it. (laughs) Uh, When it comes to holiday gifting for guys, uh, they've got a lot of stuff. And you've got time. If you order, as you listen to this, when it's new, you could definitely get some stuff delivered in time for the holidays, Mac Weldon sells men's basics that are guaranteed to keep everyone on your list comfortable. Their stuff is great. I it, I love the style of it. I love the fit of it. I love the it lasts. I don't even know which of my stuff from them is my older stuff from a year or two back, and which is the stuff I've bought recently. Um, they started with stuff like the under under the clothes stuff, like. Hoodies or not hoodies, uh, underwear and uh, undershirts and socks. Um, but they have everything. They've got polos. They've got hoodies. The hoodie I'm wearing right now, I absolutely love. It's one of my favorites. Uh, my son has the same hoodie in a slightly smaller size. Uh, he loves it too. Really? It's just great stuff. Um, I I just really, really great stuff. Uh, don't even get me started on the slippers. Merlin and I, a couple episodes ago, told you all about the slippers, but the slippers, I mean, for God's sake, I, I, I would, they're just the best. Um, anyway, they've also got a loyalty program. It is so easy. All you have to do is buy stuff and it just puts you into the loyalty program. Uh, once you get to level one, you get free shipping for life. And when you reach level two, uh, which all you have to do is spend 200 bucks. If you buy $200 worth of stuff, you just automatically get into level two. And then from that point, you get 20% off every order for the next year. It's a great deal. You don't have to do anything to qualify. All you have to do is just buy stuff. And then the more you buy, the cheaper the stuff gets. Um, they've got a great guarantee. If you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can just keep them. Don't send them back. <laughs> do not send back your <laughs> dissatisfying underwear. But they will refund you, no questions asked. Um, So here's what you can do. Get 20% off your first order by going to MacWeldon.com slash talk show and enter the promo code talk show. That's Mac, M-A-C-K, Weldon, L-W-L-E-L-D-O-N.com. MacWeldon.com slash talk show with promo code talk show and you can get 20% off. All right. We got to talk about this case before we get off the AirPods Max. (laughs) the case <laughs> I, I i know people were dunking on it immediately but it wasn't until i saw it in person that i realized how much I, and i don't know i don't know it's like i my joke is that it's like i don't know which half of the bikini emoji it looks like does it look like a butt from behind <laughs> or, or does it look like a bikini top from the front it's right It's a funny looking thing. It's obviously that they, uh, you know, that they designed the headphones. I, I, here's my guess as to how this happened. They designed the headphones, they made the phone, the headphones they wanted to make. And then they were like, well, how do we put these in a case? And then they designed a case around the headphones. And if the case turned out looking a little funny, well, that's, that's just it. They, they're not going to make the headphones different just to make the case look better, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. I did not draw the comparison to the uh duo dock, the magsafe duo dock you did yep. in your review. Ooh. And it's like when you that part of your review, it was like boom, light bulb. Yes, that's the problem. The the magsafe duo charging dock it does is Feels like a cheap jack piece of, uh, you know, like if it costs 50 bucks, it would be like, yeah, fine, I'll buy one. 50 bucks, that's a cool thing to take in my travel case. For $140 right. or $130 without the $20 charger it requires, it is just doesn't feel commensurate with the price. Right. It feels like a yeah. $50 thing. At charger. least,
0: I mean, that, even the, even that thing has the redeeming quality of having a couple of pieces of nice aluminum in it. You know, it, the mounts for the watch and the magnet ring for the, for the um, phone, at least those scream like, Hey, there's some Apple stuff in here. Right. You know, um, right. whereas this is, I don't know what this is. You know what it reminds <laughs> me of, John? <laughs> It reminds me of when you don't have a paper towel and you wrap your sandwich in a napkin. (laughs) Yeah, where you know a paper towel is more durable. It's got some heft to it. Yeah, Like, okay, I mean, I'm not saying that everybody wraps their sandwich in a paper towel, but let's say you're going to pick it up and you're going to eat it and it's a little sloppy. It's got some juice on it, you know, and you're like, you know, I want to wrap something around the bottom of this. Like, you made it at home, right? Right. Just like you wrap a Subway wrapper around the bottom of the sandwich and eat the top if you're walking and talking, right? Right. When you wrap a Paper towel around it. You're like, yo, know, this paper towel is going to last. It's going to absorb. It's going to soak some stuff up. It's going to, you know, it's going to be chill. You wrap a napkin around it. You got holes in that thing. You got fibers coming off. You got, that's what this looks like. It looks like you took the headphones and wrapped them in a napkin and it got holes in it. It's like, oh, hey, I just need to wrap this in something real quick and just, just take it down the block and give my neighbor some chocolate chip cookies I just made. Let me wrap it in this napkin, right? And then by the time you get there, the napkin's barely holding on, right? That's what this looks like. It's like, why? why why go through all the effort to produce what is probably one of the more over engineered like precision machined pieces of headphone gear i've ever seen and then wrap it in this it's just, it's like it's honestly insulting to the product itself i don't get it it's yeah. really awkward and uh, at uh- I, I, I think a couple of
1: the other reviewers have mentioned this. I haven't caught up on all the YouTube reviews, but like when I unboxed it, you know, my son was here and he was keenly interested. My son is probably more of a headphone fan than I am. He in, um, you know because he's
0: what on. kid, kid isn't John? We all loved headphones because they shut our parents up. I know.
1: <laughs> well, but now, in addition, but in addition to shutting up his parents, it also connects yeah. him with his friends, right? So, yeah, it's, exactly, it's right, a, right. You know, from yeah, my era, sure. it's a combination of headphones and telephone
0: and telephone, exactly. Because right. he's uh, yeah, I got Discord and he's talking to his friends and all right. that,
1: yeah. Uh, so he's, you know, of all the stuff that's come in, he was more keenly interested in these than than anything recently, I think. Uh, although the the M1 Mac definitely interested him. Um, uh, it, but he he couldn't believe that the case wasn't part of the packaging, <laughs> and it's weird because the, the, there is packaging around the case. There is like a typical uh-huh. white. Uh, not onion paper, but like Apple's version of onion paper around it. But you take that off and it feels like there's just this second level of wrapping around the headphones. And it's like, no, no, that's the case. And they, they have like a a soft touch material inside. I'm sure it's not suede. Uh, There's no way they're going to ship leather, you know, actual leather to everybody, No, um, both cost wise and the fact that some people don't want to buy leather stuff. Um, Right. It's, you know, some kind of artificial suede soft touch thing. And it's not bad mm-hmm. to the touch, but that outer material is either identical to or might as well be the kissing cousin of that rubbery stuff that they make. Uh, like iPad covers out of and the Mm -hmm. duo charging dock in particular. It's like, yeah, that's the same stuff. And it's not a bad material, but it is not a premium material. And there is no doubt in my mind, even if you're a, you know, like I'm thinking about where, uh, how I travel, you know, when I go on an airplane and it's not like I fill up my, backpack or briefcase or whatever bag i'm taking with me i've switched to a briefcase but uh, (laughs) right before the pandemic hit so (laughs) like why did i spend all this money on a leather briefcase and i don't go anywhere um it's like i you know i'm not putting uh unwrapped candy bars in there yeah you know I, i don't have potted plants in there it's like you know it's i i computer stuff and books and magazines. So it's all clean stuff, but yet somehow my hard case for my Bose is kind of beat up, right? It just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just the nature of travel, right? You, you, you can be as neat as you want and put clean stuff in a bag, but you're, you know, you're stuffing it into overhead bins, you're stuffing it under the seat. It, you know, it, it, Tr- it happens. when it even, just
0: picks up battle scars over right. over time
1: and mm-hmm. i'm a careful person like other people may not be so careful <laughs> you know <laughs> yep. it's, yeah it picks up scars this stuff especially the non space gray colors there's just no way it's it's going to stay clean looking there's it, I, I space gray maybe will take a beating and maybe will look better with the beating but like the the blue and the green and the the silver it's like it's it just does not seem meant for that. I don't know. There's, it's mm-hmm. like there's a certain part of Apple that just, uh, as practical as they mostly are, and that I think the headphones themselves are very practically designed for the real world. The case, it just is not, and it's not a case. It's a pouch, <laughs> right? Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And. and <laughs> And it's five hundred fifty (laughs) dollars. It is. It's just insane. And you know, there's no justifying. And I'm not. I'm not going to dance around trying to go like, oh, well, maybe they. This is. This is clearly, clearly one of those things where at the last minute they're like, shit. Did anybody decide? (laughs) Did anybody think about a case? Because, like, I don't know. It like the the product shots show people holding it by the handle and all of this stuff, like a purse, right? I don't know. You know, yeah, like like a purse. I think that it would have been better. For them to ship it without a case because you know what that tells people this is for the home and if you're going to travel with it we'll come up with something for you or you can fit it into your life right put it in a pouch put it in a bag put it in whatever right like you know put it in even a drawstring bag a lot a lot of premium headphones Mm. like a lot of studio monitor headphones come with a drawstring bag right right some of them come with something fancier but a lot of them come with like a you know, you a nice kind of pouch, drawstring bag type thing yeah. that either you use because you are that kind of person, or you put in the box and never ever take out. Right? right? They would have been better off to go with that kind of situation than something half-assed because I do believe it lowers the it lowers the whole product. Right? It, it doesn't elevate the product; it lowers the product. Everything about the packaging and and execution. Of this thing screams expensive, high quality headphones. The box has that lovely emboss. The yeah. the headband has this mesh that nobody else would think to execute because it's like who would think to, to do that, right? right? That you can't, you know, that's that's hard to do right. materials wise to attach it with very little glue and very little attachment you know, to bond it in the way that they did uh, right. the, the pistons on the headphones that, that extend them. It's not some cheap, like rail system. It's like a car yes. piston that yeah. slides out. It, all of this stuff screams, like we worked on this a long time and it was hard and here it is. And then the case screams like, uh, you know, here's this shit too.
1: <laughs> right. The, 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 the piston feels like you could use the piston for extending, you know, the, the, cups out further out to accommodate a larger smaller head pull them out p- push them back in for for a fit that the pistons right. alone feel like you you could teach half a semester of industrial design at a university by studying the piston design alone it, it, it it's that interesting materials and it it's like how does this it feels magical right because it doesn't click it doesn't have steps but it mm-hmm. it does it holds its Shape. I mean, will it over time? Again, who knows? You know, three. Come back to me in three years and see if 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 it still is tight. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, super premium. Just the pistons alone, very very premium, in a way that just blows away the the bows that I have, which are fine, right? They they click, you know, and and, and they feel way sturdier than the bows. Quiet comforts of old, which used to snap after eighteen yeah. months. Like guaranteed to snap <laughs> eighteen months after you <laughs> right. buy them. Right, uh, you know, it's like, it, but it the case, Jesus, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what they're thinking.
0: <laughs> Me neither. It's almost not. It, and then the worst part is you kind of need it to put them the hibernate, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you would have had a nice, a nice shell case that said, "Hey, this is a little bulky on the right. case side, but it's your, it's the nest." That your headphones live in, right? right. They, they go in there to hibernate, and you keep them safe and they're protected. Like imagine, like the Bose QC's have that hard shell, you know, deal that zips right. up. Um, or, or I think it's like a soft, soft hard shell now. You know, it's like a combination floppy thing, but it, something like that in a in a even in the same exterior material. I could see the complaint being, "Oh man, this is going to get dirty." But hey, you yeah. know it's a safe home for my my five hundred um, dollar, five hundred fifty dollar headphones. Right. I get it. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense because yeah. it leaves the most delicate part of what you would think to be the headphone exposed. Like the the material. Sure, if you don't want these aluminum things to scratch, I get it. But at the same time. Who cares? Who gives a crap? Right. right. It, 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 the, the headband though. Right. It's a mesh. Yeah. Like could, we're going to stick it in there with my pens and pocket right. knives and I forget to close it all the way or whatever. Like right. protect that. You right. know, I mean, it's weird. Right. It's weird. It's just all weird.
1: Right. Like you could get a scratch on the ear cups and it's a scratch. It's like getting a scratch on mm-hmm. the back of your phone. Who cares? I mean, you know, yep. people might care, but it, 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 I don't want to get a hole poked in the mesh, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh Anyway, I am still not quite sure what to make of it. I'm glad I know the you, you know, I guess we you know, 550 bucks. It is premium. And and it's a bad year to come out with premium $550 headphones. I mean, times are tough. Yeah. It, is, it the world yep. is a mess. Uh but, you know, there are, it's, there is this whole world of high-end audio and $550 isn't even the highest of the high by far. Um I'm glad Apple is making shooting for super premium headphones and the same way with, with uh, uh, HomePod. Right. And it's like, I know, you know, people are, a lot of people think, you know, the reason Apple is behind in market share on, uh, home talk to your dingus devices is that home pod was their only standalone device until they came out with the mini and it started at 300 bucks or maybe it was 350 when it first came out. And that's a lot more than all these $50 pucks that everybody else makes. But home, mm-hmm. I'm glad they make home pod. That sounds so amazing. I really am. Uh, it's, it. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, there, there seems to be a bit of a, a gap in price between AirPods Pro and AirPods Max, where there could be another set of headphones in between.
0: In between, yeah. It's a pretty big, I mean, they, they shot for the outside edge before the middle edge, right? Now, it is, it is gap-filling, right? You, you have people who are obviously buying, and Apple can see, obviously, very well that people buy Beats right and they they know how many people buy them and they know that that price is you know in the middle of the $300 bracket and you know they they're still benefiting from that in that they own beats and all of that but they that also proves out the need and the desire for people to to have something in that universe that supports the most advanced features that Apple has shipped in in any audio devices so far right which to me is really the point of this these headphones it's not you know, at the beginning of this conversation, I was like, hey, I don't, I'm not really interested in comparing these to non-NC headphones, because by nature, anytime you introduce processing into the audio path, it, it's no longer a pristine audio device, right? It's just, that's not about that transmitting the pure fidelity of the original recording directly to your ears, right, with as right. little, you know, fuss as possible. It, there, there are absolutely headphones and applications for that, I get it. You know, recording um, audio files, listening to the original vinyl, and you know, if you got a fifteen hundred dollar vinyl record player, you're you know, this is nothing. You know, you want headphones that transmit that. You know, or or two thousand dollar record player or more, whatever. You get the drift. But this, that's not that at all. So then you have to ask yourself, like, what is this about? Like, what what's the purpose of shipping these? And the Two H1 chips, nine microphones, like every trick that they've learned so far in audio is in these things. And it's tied to, of course, all of the tricks that they've introduced on iOS um, for, you know, positional audio, the spatial audio that they're shipping, right? You have the adaptive EQ, which says hey i'm going to read the seal of your ears some other yeah. headphones do this but not i not to the efficacy of these uh, it's better than any of the others i've tried um, I, I will say that there is a there's a case to be made here that what they're doing is exactly what you were alluding to on the ar front that they are building out this sort of platform and and I, in my original first you know, gasp review of the AirPods. Cause they came out at the same time as an iPhone. And I like tucked my AirPods review into that, but I also broke it out. Cause I felt like, you know, it's worth talking about on its own um, a little bit. And it was like, Hey, this is audio AR, you know, get ready. You know, we're, we're going to be looking at this. And that was, you know, t- when, I can't remember when they came out now. The, the years blend together. Yeah. Yeah, several years ago, right? <laughs> but the, that, that was basically, you know, me trying to be all fun and future-looking and say, hey, what if, what if, what if, what if. Well, we're in what if now. You know, the, it's creating, when you put these on, the, the larger drivers, the ear cup, the comfort, and the, the, now the content that supports Atmos and all of this stuff, it crafts a soundstage for you that feels real. It feels like you're listening to the audio without headphones on if you're looking at this, you know, if you're watching the kind of content that supports it, right? right. It's not all content and it's only on iOS devices. There's a lot of limitations here so far, right? Right. But if you are looking, you're watching an episode of, uh, uh, of a show on the iOS device that supports Atmos and the spatial audio is on and you turn it off, the sound stage like vanishes and you're getting a single flat kind of, Hey, here's your presentation. Sounds good, but whatever. But when you turn it on, it really is insane. Like it's really incredible the breadth and depth of the soundstage there. I mean, I've spent, I spent years, like 10 years installing home theater audio and I know what a good soundstage sounds like. I'm not the world's expert on this stuff, but i know how to set up a home theater system i know how to set up 7.1 and 5.1 uh, it's it, it's actually really good I, I definitely not to the par of some sort of actual physical installation it would never probably will be but maybe you know it's actually really getting close it's way way better than any of those like fake y type things where they're like hey we'll project your audio for you right. and they just kind of like use a little beam forming it's way better than that. It's it's pretty incredible, and so I think that it's really a test bed for all of those technologies. It is the best you can get right now in in a headphone version of a home theater audio setup. But the downsides, of course, we're all still there. It only works on iOS. It's only on portable devices like an iPad or whatever. You can't watch your Apple TV and get that spatial audio. It Doesn't work yet. You know that kind of.
1: Thing. It seems crazy to me. I, I blew. A chunk of my review complaining about it. It seems crazy that it doesn't work with Apple TV. I mean, like Mm -hmm. you, you, it it is quite possibly a better audio experience than you could get from any speakers, right? Because it's right there, personally for you, like in the way that VR goggles are going to give you a better VR experience than a screen ever could, right? Right. Uh, It's like you know like the old star trek holodeck never really added up the way like wait how if it's just a bunch of if it's just four walls in like a racquetball court how how do they projecting mm-hmm. stuff in the middle but whatever <laughs> right. just the future mm-hmm. um like in the way that for true vr you really need goggles that are personal for you and if you and i are having the same experience we both need goggles so that we're both getting a personal experience i think that it's quite possible that for that spatial audio, you're getting a better experience from these headphones than you would from any speaker set up in a room. Cause it's for you. It and may, maybe you could set the speakers up. So there's one sweet spot in the middle where like two people sitting in the middle of the room, get the perfect experience, but everybody else aren't because they're not in the center. Um, why why you get this the best possible audio experience to watch a blockbuster action movie and you have to watch it on an iPad to get that's the biggest uh-huh. screen you can get it's, it's insane it just seems crazy to me anyway i'll pick this up because i want to keep going but let me take a break while yeah. i'm thinking about it and thank our next sponsor oh i love this company they're sponsoring daring fireball this week it's it's the rare two shot where they their their sponsorship coincides with the website and the podcast because I'm not good at juggling things. Collide, or Collide. Actually, I learned that I mispronounced their name, among many others. But it looks like Collide, <laughs> K-O-L-I-D-E, but they pronounce it Collide. Anyway, they're an endpoint security company for teams that Slack, and they have just released a free guide called Honest Security, and they, they, they want me to tell you about it. In the guide, Collide, Collide, shares and expands on everything they've learned over the last year, working on their own product in the hope that they can inspire others to embrace and expand on the same honest approach. The guide discusses five key tenets. The values your organization stands behind should be well represented in your security program. A positive working relationship between the end user and security team is incredibly valuable and worth fostering. This relationship is built on a foundation of trust that is demonstrated through informed consent and transparency. The security team should anticipate and expect that end users use their company-owned devices for personal activities and design their detection capabilities with this in mind. End users are capable of making rational and informed decisions about security risks when educated and honestly motivated. You can read this guide completely for free at, and this is like my favorite little detail. The guide is called Honest Security. The guide is at the domain name Honest.Security. That's, that's, swear to God, that's the URL, Honest.Security for their Honest Security report. No forms, collect your email, and there's nothing else to slow you down. It's not like, oh, give us your email and then you can read it. Just go to Honest.Security. and read the guide for free. That's all they want me to tell you. So my thanks to Collide, uh, a.k.a. Collide, <laughs> for sponsoring the show. Go to honest.security and read their guide. Uh, so uh, here's where I'm going with this, with the spatial audio. To me, and, and this is why I love talking to you about it, because I think you know what I'm talking about. To me, it is Disney-esque in terms of its immersiveness. Um, it is visceral, when, when you're watching mm. something that is hooked up with this, it is crazy. So, I, I, Apple, you know, the, it sent, you know, to the reviewers guide some suggested scenes of movies that really show off spatial audio. And it was sort of like their look nor in normal times, you know, I probably would have gone to New York and I guess they maybe, maybe would have had you go down to Cupertino or something. But, um, uh, you know, they probably would have had like a product briefing in New York and, and, Mm-hmm. had one set up for the press to go over and now here, try this and we'll show you. Although I, want, I guess they probably just would have had an iPad set up in front of everybody. Cause they wouldn't, you know, yeah. it doesn't work with Apple TV, but here are right. some of the scenes they might've shown us. And I, I looked at them cause it's like, yeah, I want to, you know, show me, you know, show me what spatial audio is awesome at. And, uh, one of them was a scene from Ford versus Ferrari, which I love, which is a great movie.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Do you see that guy? What's his name? James Mangold. He's going to uh, direct the.
0: Yeah, James Mangold's directing the new indie. The new indie. I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hopefully, yeah. I, I think go- he has the right sensibility to it. It's like you know, the Ford versus Ferrari, while not the world's most amazing cinema ever, had really exciting photography. Really, you know, really like deft hand as far as the character beats. And in a movie like that, that's like has that kind of arc where, you know, where it's headed in general and, you know, it's a known story. It had the right moments of like, you know, kind of joy and catharsis. I thought he did a really good job. I do good with an indie, I think.
1: I thought it was kind of crazy serendipity that this did the news break. I saw the news that he's he's going to helm Indy 5 yesterday because I know Disney had this big announcement where they announced all their stuff for the next year I th- it, if, it, yeah. if, if it didn't come out yesterday it came out the day before but I thought it was such serendipity because a friend of the show uh, Todd Vaziri uh, ha- was tweeting recently uh, just some sound design clips from Raiders of the Lost Ark which is like seriously maybe my favorite movie of all time Uh, -hmm. always, always in the top five. Any, if you say, you know, give me the best movies you've ever seen, Raiders is always in my top five. And the sound is one of my favorite things about Raiders, always has been. And it's always been confounding to me that more action movies don't just go back to Raiders. Like Mm -hmm. one of the great things in Raiders is, okay, action movies. What happens in action movies that doesn't really happen in real life all the time? People are always firing guns, right? it's guns boom 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 people are firing guns all the time in real life a gunshot is a hell of a thing right
0: yeah anytime it's intense right
1: every time a gun goes off in raiders of the lost ark it is a hell of a thing it is like Mm -hmm. boom it's it's one gunshot is a hell of a thing and it sounds like it it's like turn that up loud Ford versus Ferrari has that sort of, hey, if you take a $9 million race car in 1968 or whatever the hell year this was, and just Mm -hmm. had a guy run it at top speed around a race course, that's going to be a, that's a hell of a machine to like put up into the red. You know, like if you put that race car in the red, That's a hell of a... It's
0: overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming. And I've been in cars with, not not one of those specifically, but I've been in cars at that level with somebody else driving who really knows how to hoon it around. It's an overwhelming experience. Your body is just sort of, you know... It's intense, and like that's why F one drivers are some of the best athletes in the world because right. you can't imagine the, the, the stresses right. <laughs> that they go under. Yeah. So
1: anyway, that it was just a fun serendipity because I thought yeah. that's what makes the sound design of Ford versus Ferrari such a great example mm-hmm. is exactly the sort of thing that, in my opinion, the indie franchise has gotten away from, and it's sort of devolved right, right. into standard action fare, and that. Man, you go back to Raiders and just like, hey, like a whip crack, just boom. Just yeah, focus yeah. on this one thing instead of trying to, you know, pick one crayon out of the box. Don't 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 use all sixty four <laughs> of them at once, right? Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, Ford versus Ferrari. Man, it was the 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 scene they suggested was the scene where uh, the Matt Damon character, what's it, Shelby, uh, takes uh-huh. uh, the the Ford grandson and. <laughs> <laughs> you like not really tricks him but like just hey take a seat in the car let me take you around the track and right it's it's both the race car sound and and the tire squealing and the bits of dialogue mixed in where there's characters mm-hmm. talking while there's this crazy noise and it's it's not just that you can hear them loud as day, clear as a bell, but that there's direction to it. And if the character is like slightly off to the right center on screen, their voice is coming like, and it again does not sound like it's coming from the iPad arms reach away from you. It sounds like there's a man six feet off a little bit to your right talking to you. It is, mm-hmm. and that, that visceral nature of it sounds like there's a person right there. And it sounds like you're in a tiny little race car where your knees are up by your chin, uh, <laughs> with this crazy engine that could kill you revving right in front of you. It all sounds so real. And it just is like the best of like a modern Disney attraction. Like, yeah, it feels like you're mm-hmm. riding, uh, one of those crazy, uh, flying things in Avatar, you know?
0: Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it really does. And, like, the the, the experience, I've said this, i just, like said this on Twitter, and other people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, this happened to me, too. Uh, the experience of watching one of these movies with the, you know, even the AirPods Pro, but obviously even more intense with the Max, is that it feels like you don't have headphones on and that the sound is actually projecting out into the room itself from the device, and I think somebody took this to mean that I thought that the Air, the iPad sounded great. That's not what I mean. It's just, I mean, it's better than, you know, iPads in the past, if you're talking about, like, the iPad Pro. But it really has nothing to do with that. It's really that the sound feels like it's filling the room that you're in. And so, yeah. like, I had the experience of, you know, sitting in, in bed, watching a movie on the iPad, uh, and the spatial audio turned on. And when I was watching it, I actually thought I was going to wake my wife up because I thought right. that my headphones had disconnected, <laughs> right. and that it was playing through the iPad speakers in out into the room, right? right. And, I, and I, I took them off multiple times. Right. Like I, I did it once. I'm like, oh no, I guess not, because then it pauses, and you're like, oh, you know, is it is it playing or not? And no, I guess not. And I put it back in, and it starts playing. I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely the head. And then a couple minutes later, I did it again. I didn't believe myself. Yeah. and it's it's actually kind of um, remarkable, and. I think there's people are getting a little bit hung up on the Atmos thing because they're like, Oh, well, does this really sound like height level speakers plus, uh, 5.1, you know, which is really what Atmos makes Atmos different. And it's like, uh, no, you know, not really. Right. Like the, the Atmos is Atmos for a reason. And sure, if you have physical speakers. Filling a physical space, and and they're all calibrated correctly, and you have the right room for it, uh, and you know the screen is the right distance away, and you're sitting in the optimal position to listen to this. Blah 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 blah. Right? Not yeah. How many people are going to have the experience of Atmos in their home? Very few, proportionately speaking. Like, I have an Atmos system in my house because I'm fortunate enough to have the space that works for it, and I know how to set it up, so I did it all myself, so it didn't cost me an arm and a leg to install it, right? Right. But it, most people don't. And I do believe that that is one interesting thing about this, that yes, these are $550, but the AirPods Pro are not. And they both do spatial audio. And as they build out this platform, I do believe it's actually, and, and this is why I think it, this is driven from the executive level a lot, because I believe that there are a lot of cinema files in Apple and a lot of people who love high end audio and all of this stuff, which is why we got HomePod and not, you know, Apple, Alexa, is that they're democratizing quality of sound in a pretty aggressive way. So yes, you may not get hundred percent of Atmos, but you may get sixty to seventy percent of Atmos in a headphone that somebody could buy for five hundred fifty dollars instead of spending eight grand on an Atmos setup, right? You know, and it's it's definitely a different way to frame this conversation, and I'm sure people will bitch at me about it. But it, I, as somebody who has gone through the trouble. To do this and help people set these up over the years. I'm just telling you, it's actually a really impressive sound stage that they've built virtually. Um, and it will give a lot more people exposure to the kind of home theater type sound at home if they're using these, these uh, devices. I just wish it worked with Apple TV the way it. It's supposed to, you know, Right, uh, and um, I need to, to do some more testing. It so, has
1: to be coming yeah. to Apple TV, whether it really does require some sort of hardware for locating the headphones versus where the TV is. And we really have to wait for another Apple TV hardware update, or if it could be done in software, I don't know, but I mean, it just, it, it seems criminal to me that their Apple TV is $200 uh, and it's, you're going to have to buy another new one to get, uh, spatial mm-hmm. audio, but if it does, it does. If I mean, if it really does require hardware that's only currently in iPhones and iPads, then what are they going to do? But it it has to be coming because it's so freaking good, and and there really mm-hmm. are. It's it, it's it's. Not just if you don't want to spend for the speakers, but if you've got like a small apartment and a sleeping baby down the hall or your wife is sleeping on the couch or if you've got a TV in the bedroom and and you want to watch this movie on the TV in your bedroom and, you know, your spouse is sleeping next to you, you know, headphones are the way to go. But with these, you don't have to sacrifice. And I'm with you. It is like... You get absorbed. It's like 15, 30 seconds, a minute in, and it's like I'm thinking like a reviewer, and I'm trying to figure out how this works, you know, and I'm thinking thinking about how this and where sources. And then all of a sudden I realize another two minutes have gone by, and I'm just into the movie. And it's like, whoa, I cannot believe that this is in my headphones. It is so immersive. It is incredibly impressive. And it is like – Multi, you know, multi ten million dollar Disney attraction immersiveness that you can get. Again, five hundred fifty is a lot for headphones, but five hundred fifty dollars for this world class immersion, and you don't have to know any technical details. There's no EQs to turn up or down. It's just make it sound good. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. so immersive. Um yeah, so you've got a good yeah. sound system. I set up I I finally got around to hooking up two HomePods to my Apple TV in my living room. Um my audio situation is that we were we were having renovations done last year and we didn't know but it turned out being like incredible it was like, you know, Indiana go back to Indiana Jones, you know, Indiana Jones slipping under the door <laughs> and then goes back and <laughs> grabs his whip uh before the door closes. That was our contractors finishing up before COVID shut down. Uh, we, it was just, they finished up in like the first week of March. And it was like, huh, that worked out really well. Um, so we got a new TV because we redid the living room. And uh, it's, you know, I got the big 77-inch LG OLED thing. And I didn't buy a sound system yet. And... uh and I was like, well, we'll just play, this is play audio through the TV. And it's like, hey, the audio through the TV is not bad. I, and neither Amy nor Jonas really complain about it. I'm surprised Jonas doesn't, but uh, it, it's for TV, sound coming out of the TV, it's not bad. And so I've just procrastinated all year long because it's <laughs> 2020 and I haven't bought anything. So I didn't have to unhook anything to set up. I just had to move HomePods from other rooms in the house to put them in the living room. Um, it sounds really good. I, I, it's, I, you know, and it, it, you know, obviously it can't fake coming from behind you, but I'm not really into that. I don't really want speakers behind me. Like I'm fine with having all the audio coming from before me, but the home pods as home stereo thing sounds way better than they have any right to sound in my opinion.
0: hmm Yeah.
1: And I love the idea, and it it scores me points with the wife, that if I go this route, I don't have to have a separate um, a woofer. <laughs> I don't have to have a woofer, right? which is, you know, I score some political points on that. It's really impressive. Uh, I, I just love what Apple's doing in this arena. I really do think it comes to exactly what you said, that there are people in the company who love movies, but really want to democratize it. And again, it, it is this weird like that's to me that's the explanation like why in the world are they selling $550 headphones? Why are they selling $300 smart speakers? Well, they're not $300 smart speakers, you know, and and why do they work better with a pair so it's a $600 setup? And it's like if you think of them as gadgets competing with Alexa
0: stuff, no yeah, $600 yeah.
1: is a lot. Yeah. But if you think of it compared to what Bang & Olufsen wants to sell you. You know, it's really not. It is, you know, if you come at it from the other side of the market, it is, There, these are democratizing prices. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's, look, the the at, (laughs) at the bottom level of this, you go, money is real. $550 is a lot of money. So if you decide to buy these things, you need to be comfortable spending $550. If you're comfortable spending that, it's actually a really fascinating product with some distinct benefits for people that are, tightly integrated with the iOS system, especially if you watch a lot on iPad. Like, that's my summary. You know, if you watch, yeah. if you watch a lot, if you listen to a lot of music, like straight up music from, you know, Apple Music or stream from an iOS device, it'll be great there too. If you watch movies from iPad, I think you're going to get a better experience. And theoretically, you're buying into a future platform that will work for home theater as well. Like in, in terms of like watching it on Apple TV. Um, but if you just want a pair of headphones that work great for noise cancellation, fold up really well and travel really well, don't buy these. They're not for that. They won't work well for that. As, as it stands, there's no case that I'd really recommend traveling with them with. Um, you know, it's just not good for that period.
1: Yeah. And my suggestion, if you want the Apple stuff, just you seriously try AirPods Pro for that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I've flown before, you know, there wasn't a big window between AirPods Pro coming out last October and the March shutdown, yeah. but I had a couple of flights in there and I did, I stopped carrying the bows, not because I'd given up on them, but just specifically so that, well, if I'm going to try AirPods Pro on the flight, you know, I, I took at least one flight where I had them both so I could try them both side by side in the cabin. And it went well enough where like the next, Trip I took before everything shut down and I stopped taking trips. I just took AirPods Pro. They they really work pretty well for that. Where it the noise cancellation is good enough to get out the cabin noise and you're just listening to music or movies and it sounds clear. Mm-hmm. But it's not like this. And like in my review, I touched on this where it's like I don't know what to say because it's like the movies where this would make the biggest difference and be worthwhile are the sort of movies where I really want to watch on my TV at mm-hmm. home. Uh, But if I am going to watch a movie on a plane, why not completely satiate one of my senses? (laughs) Like, there's nothing you can do on a plane to give yourself a 77-inch OLED, but you can give yourself a truly world-class audio experience. Why not? Like, And I could totally see if I got into a good movie with these on. I, I feel like it would be like somebody like, you know, sitting in the middle seat next to me wants to go to the bathroom. They're going to tap me on the shoulder and I'm going to be like shocked because <laughs> I forgot right, I was on an airplane. Right. Like I, re- I really do. I think that you, even though you're watching on like a 11 inch iPad, I feel like the audio could immerse yourself enough that you could forget you're on an airplane. And if you travel enough, that's a huge win, yeah. right? It's like,
0: yeah, you just have to dedicate it, yourself. It, to traveling with these things in a way that you don't have to dedicate yourself to traveling with a, a pair of headphones that has more folding and articulation, right? So you got to you got to understand right. that trade-off going in like I'm going to I'm going to create right. a dedicated space for these in my bag and those are going right. to go in there. But when I get on that uh, 11-hour flight to the UK and I watch three movies and sleep and then watch another movie <laughs> and then, you know, have a little breakfast or whatever, you I mean, hey, an 11-inch iPad or 13-inch iPad Two and a half feet from your face is the equivalent of an eighty-inch screen, right? So right. that plus the headphones, and yeah, you've got yourself a really nice portable home theater setup, which doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't really exist in the way that it exists here with existing five-point-one capable headphones because it. It is not, there's no two-way communication. And that is really, I think, where we're talking about like the hardware stuff in the, that's not in the Apple TV. How are they going to figure that out? Or can they do it in software? Because the the iPad knows where the headphones are and vice versa. There is a two-way communication there. Um, at, at least in orientation and a little bit in, in distance, right? Because it does a ranging uh, check. Right. And so it kind of knows where you are, and that back and forth comms is what keeps it locked in and keeps it feeling like the sound stage is accurate so that when you, as a physical person, are moving around in the sound stage, either your head or turning or whatever, the sound stays in the proper position. Because what normally happens yeah. when you turn your head, when you 're watching a screen is at the center of the sound stage travels with your face, and so you 're looking right. to the left, but the sounds and the sound stage is to the left, but the screen is to the right and like that that difference is huge it 's the same difference that you see in VR headsets with good tracking because the moment you lose tracking on that, your body 's like this ain 't real, and by the way i 'm sick because. Because the, right. the their physical world doesn't match my inner ear, <laughs> right. right? And and um, right. you know, with a good tracking of your headset, it sells it immediately. It makes you feel immersed. It makes you feel like this is a real thing. Your body and your your uh, you know glands and your cerebellum are all working in conjunction to tell you this thing is real. This is working. Everything is cool. What you're seeing is 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 real life, and that kind of two-way, two-way comms is what sets this apart from others 7.1 or 5.1 compatible headsets that do not have any communication with the device that they're watching it on. And that's, that's the differentiation right. factor for, for now right. uh, here.
1: Yeah. The, it's, it reminds me of, like, an optical illusion. You know, there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. like, the, uh, there's the famous one. It's, like, it looks like a chalice centered in the square, but if you stare at it long enough, it suddenly looks like two faces yes. in profile yeah.
0: staring or at each Or Pepper's other. ghost um, with the mirrors and glass.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like you put these on and you know you're doing spatial audio and you're moving your head a little bit left to right and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, and, and you're thinking about mm-hmm. it. And no matter what you do, a minute in, you completely forget. <laughs> right. And it's like instead of studying the chalice, you're it's like you're just immersed and it's uncanny. It really is. I cannot emphasize it enough. It is not a gimmick. It It, it is a real thing that takes the headphone experience up to another level. And if you watch enough movies on an iPad, it's it's seriously worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just a good segue into our third and final sponsor, speaking of travel, Away. Away Suitcases. Look, travel is weird right now, no doubt about it. But no matter where you need to go this holiday season, Away offers a range of suitcases, bags, and other travel products made of different materials like polycarbonate, Aluminum and durable nylon in a variety of colors and sizes. So whatever you need to bring with you, Away has luggage that will make your trip more seamless where, whenever it may be, Uh wherever or whenever it may be. All of their suitcases from Away are designed to last a lifetime. Mine is years old at this point. Still looks fantastic. Wheels still roll great. Uh, can't say enough about the durability of this thing. Um, and again, that's the, this is my overhead thing that takes the most abuse. Um, uh, with durable exteriors that can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers, every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad to help you pack more in. I, I swear that works. Really keeps your shirts nice and pressed. Put them in there, cinch them in with the compression pad, then pile other stuff on top. Uh, And they have a hidden and removable laundry bag that separates your dirty clothes, and it's a great place to stash your dirty stuff as you know, while you're on your trip. Uh, They've got those 360 spinner wheels that are guaranteed the smoothest roll. Really great. TSA approved combination lock. Their newest line are made with a durable, water resistant nylon exterior that is made to last a lifetime. Uh, and they're designed to expand by 1.75 inches, so you have the flexibility to pack even more in your trip or less if you're packing less. Um, it's really great. They're just great products. They have uh, good handles. They have the the carry-ons have built-in USB chargers. Uh, it's good, good, good stuff. I have one that, I, or a couple actually, but the carry-on is my go-to that I never, never. I don't. I can't remember the last time I took a trip without it. Uh, A hundred-day trial on everything Away Makes. Take the product out on the road, live with it, travel with it, even get lost with it for a hundred days. And if it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. No ifs, ands, or asterisks. Um. Any part does break over the lifetime. Their standout customer service team will arrange to have it fixed or replaced. And they offer free shipping and returns on any order in the contiguous U.S., Europe, Canada, and Australia. Uh, so shop their selection of suitcases and bags at awaytravel.com slash talkshow20. awaytravel.com slash talkshow20. And you can give the gift to someone looking forward to getting away next year this holiday season, that's awaytravel.com slash talkshow20. Uh, before you go, I guess the other big thing, I don't know, we got all caught up talking about headphones in the meantime, we haven't talked about the fact that Apple has completely moved the Macintosh platform <laughs> to a
0: new architecture. You know, just the just the little things. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, well, they did a lot this what year, if, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, given I know, the year it's that's, been, that's, it's
1: pretty crazy. That's just a month old. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that wild? Like, this is seriously, like, uh, for my interests, you know, as somebody who's uh, – I'm interested in politics in normal years. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in politics, a presidential election in the U.S. is always a big deal. right? Needless to say, this just felt like a big one.
0: Uh, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit unusual.
1: I, my <laughs> – My entire professional life has been built around the Macintosh computer. (laughs) It's kind of a big month for the Macintosh. Like, this has all been a month. (laughs) It just seems crazy. Like, that is one thing. I'm at the point now with the M1 MacBook Pro where I'm so spoiled. Where it now, I'm over the part where it feels amazing and it feels normal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's just everything else feels worse, right? Like that's the Everything the, else yeah. feels worse. And you know what's you know the just to speak to the the onslaught part of it, you know the M1 Mac huge huge you know change in in architecture, really a generational, once in a generation change Step change in capability for for PCs and and you know by PCs I mean personal computers right and and a, that goes for PCs that run Windows or any other platform. These things are just better, and you can tell that even now where they're like, oh, this beats a more powerful PC or even a more powerful Mac, you know, from or more more powerful. I should say this beats a a hot, top of the line previous one from ostensibly the high end of the line, right? In, in previous ones, and we know. Everybody knows, and yes, there's been some talk about it, but really I don't think anybody's quite internalized it, that this is the entry level. Like this is the beginning. This is just like, hey, what if I want to buy a a cheap laptop? Oh, just get this one. It's probably the best on the market. It's thousand dollars, right? Like that's that, and it's already beating those. So like the exponential shift in what PCs are capable, or what computers are capable of, what Macs are capable of, portable computers are capable of, and what they can do, what you, how far you can push the performance while still maintaining a usable battery and usable mobile platform. We're just beginning to see that, and I don't think that people have internalized it yet at all because, A, the tools need to be rebuilt to take advantage of it, and then new tools, new companies, new architectures that are just being spun up now, we're going to see them you know, sort of appear over the next few years that take advantage of this kind of big change. Because you're, you talk about the iPhone having had an enormous profound effect on the capability of... The, of software. I mean, entire billion-dollar companies, Airbnb wouldn't exist without the iPhone, DoorDash wouldn't exist without the iPhone. You know, I don't give a crap about Android no. or not. This is not really about that. You know, I'm not talking down Android or anything. But frankly, the App Store and the iPhone provided the ability for these companies to get fuel and to get access to people with a disposable income that wanted to spend money on, say, food delivery or or vacation homes or whatever. All of these businesses were fueled by the rise of the iPhone and the App Store, and that, in turn, many other applications and those were fueled by the fact that the the platform remained performant through its entire lifespan. You know, when the iPhone came out, it was like, oh, this is cool. I can actually browse the web for real, and, like, it's kind of fast. And, yeah, everybody complains about the speed of an iPhone or complained about it for the first couple of years But since then, nobody's said anything in practical terms, aside from people running benchmarks about whether the iPhone is speedy or not. It is speedy, period. It just it is, and that's the era we're entering into with PCs. It's it's huge. It's a big change. I.
1: And it's, I loved this from your, I just had, I want to get the numbers right. So I dialed it up, but from your M1 MacBook Pro review, you, as a real world benchmark, you, you compiled the WebKit project, which is again, that's not an artificial benchmark. Now is a typical person going to compile WebKit? No, of course not, but it is a real thing. Real people do. It's a real project and it's an interesting test and the. M1 MacBook Pro compiles the web the whole source of WebKit in twenty about twenty one minutes, and the thirteen inch MacBook Pro Intel from this year (laughs) was forty six minutes ten seconds, so over twice as long. But the biggest difference was if you do this on battery, the M1, in addition to being a little over twice as fast, has ninety one on a start with a full charge ninety one percent battery life left. And that's the same it, it, whether you're using the MacBook Pro or the MacBook Air. And the 13 inch MacBook Pro from this year has 24% battery left. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, that's crazy. Uh, it, and then, it'll, you inside the, baseball, this, I thought those numbers were wrong. I thought I was screwing something up big time. So I actually had yeah. three people run it for me on their yeah. own machines, and they had the same results.
1: I would I would totally think that I would look at those results and it's you know there there's the sort of person who sees results like that and then they go you know it's like those uh, those guys in the 80s who, from Utah who you know ran to the New York Times and said they invented desktop fusion.
0: Like, <laughs> yes. You're like, "Uh, right? let's fact check." <laughs> there's
1: there's the sort of person who sees results like that and is like quick publish. And then there's the sort of person who thinks, wait, I better triple check this because
0: this is. Well, I always assume I'm the right. weakest link. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, but even, even the state of the art 16 inch MacBook Pro, which is a lot bigger device and, you know, a lot more expensive, uh, goes from 100% to 61% on one, one, one run through WebKit. Like, so the time makes a difference. Twice as fast is impressive and twice as fast uh, on, and we're still talking about the consumer end of the notebooks, not the pro end, but the battery life thing is game changing. Like, it, cause you, what if you need to make a change and recompile yep. it? Yep. <laughs> then you can do this multiple times and there's all sorts of things that people do that, you know, exporting video is huge that lots of people export video mm-hmm. uh, and it's, you know, it, it, Grind your computer and, you know, all of a sudden you realize you've misspelled somebody's name in the credits, yep. and you've got to export it again. You know, yeah. uh, ah, oh, we screwed up, you know, that one shot in this, we didn't, we didn't color correct. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, you have to bang out the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just fix the one thing you, so you, you, know, if you can do that multiple times and you're in the field, you're in the airport, you're somewhere and you're on battery you're doing you're working on a plane you can do this it it's it that it, that's night and day mm-hmm. that's a totally different thing and like you said it's it's only the consumer end so far right that which is crazy so that leads me to to you know uh German had a report this week talking about like hey where where are they going with the future m series chips for the rest of the lineup and you know one of the big questions people have is what are their plans for gpus in the pro Models uh, i 've been thinking i 've been thinking even before we saw the first m one max i th- i 've been thinking ever since even before they announced this stuff at wwdc that they 're going to do it all themselves mm-hmm. that they 're done depending on other people right they 're too big a company it 's too important
0: yeah we, when you see how central the GPU is to the modern compute landscape, you know everything from AI to um, you know even the GPU taking over UI for a lot of applications you know from the CPU, there's just very it's actually funny because there's a lot a grand percentage less CPU-bound operations on a PC than there was 10 years ago.
1: Right. And it's in it and combine that. So the centrality of GPU period, no matter, even if you're just using a stock Windows Intel system, the, the centrality of the GPU to modern computing is one reason that they would take it just as seriously and do it all themselves the way they do CPU. But then combine that. It's like a multiplier. It's not just like an asterisk or a footnote. It's a multiplier with the way that the M1 shows that putting them all on the same chip and having them designed to work together, it makes everything faster, right? Like, and so there's certain things that used to be like dirty words, like shared memory, right? Like, Oh, shared memory. You know, that was a compromise because it just happened to be that the systems that use shared memory between a GPU and CPU were low end GPU systems, like, you know, long battery life consumer laptops. Um, or you know the the discrete GPU versus integrated GPU, right? It, it's a it's a dirty word, integrated GPU, because it meant bad GPU, mm-hmm. bad low power. Yeah, yeah, it became
0: you know a dirty word very quickly. It's like oh, that, that's the bare minimum to get this thing to run,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so you you know for the most part above above just like the words just describe how they work, but what people hear. Is, oh, discrete GPU means powerful GPU and integrated GPU means weak GPU. And that's just, that's just how things were. That's not how they have to be. Right. And the shared memory uh, between on the M1 isn't a uh well okay it's a consumer laptop no that's how this is so much faster because anything yeah. that gets handed off like oh you want to do this transformation on this big uh photo mm-hmm. we'll let the GPU do it you don't have to copy the memory over anymore mm-hmm. and every single time and it doesn't matter how fast you know and and the M1 has very fast memory bandwidth but it doesn't matter how fast it is if you don't have to copy in the first place you're saving it, it, it's a it's an infinite uh, performance increase, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not copying. Right. Um, and how? It, it, I just feel like that is definitely going to happen with the pro machines. And it's just people are a little... I, I think that so many people don't realize how off on their own Apple is with this stuff, mm-hmm. right? And, and so many of the questions when the M1 was about to come out or when it just did come out from uh, other members of the media were framing it based on Windows ARM systems. Mm, mm-hmm. Because, well, yep. these chips are using ARM and those chips use <laughs> ARM and right. they were not that, they're very slow and, you know, there's a lot of compromises in there. And it's like, it, just because they're both using the ARM instruction set doesn't mean they're any more comparable than the fact that like the, uh, what was the name of the chip in the 12-inch MacBook, the, the Intel M? Oh, or not, yeah, M, I can't remember.
0: Uh, yeah, I can't remember what that thing was.
1: Well, whatever that little chip yeah. was, was x86. And the Xeon chips in the Mac Pro are x86. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're both x86 doesn't mean they have any, any shared performance characteristics right. in terms of power or speed. And the fact that, you know, Windows Surface laptops are based on ARM chips and the M1 is based on the ARM, uh, architecture chips doesn't mean they share any performance characteristics at all. And so beginning your framing of it that way is just the wrong way to look at it, in my opinion. And the fact that Apple hasn't shown us pro GPU silicon from their own design doesn't mean they can't do it. I mean, it's it's exciting and it's a big thing I'm looking forward to in 2021. Is you know at some point they're going to show it to us this year, um, but I believe they can do it. I don't, and, and that might be that might be one of the reasons why they didn't make this transition a year or two earlier. Like maybe you know, CPU wise, clearly they could have done it
0: mm-hmm. earlier.
1: Maybe GPU wise, to to do it from the top. Of the Mac Pro lineup all the way to the consumer laptops, they needed more time. But I think it's coming. I I think it's, and I think that this idea of calling them discrete GPUs and integrated GPUs, forget about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think that there is an analog either to allow people to draw easy comparisons. And I think that's one of the the problems or one of the reasons that we're seeing, we initially saw so much mismatch, but in in, uh, opinion, you know, versus performance. Because there was certainly a, I mean, I'm not, you know, he, he sort of has a, a reputation as as somebody who doesn't mind staking opinions, even if they're quite dramatically wrong uh, or, or I shouldn't say wrong, but even, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm willing to be the guy who says this. Uh, but Linus from Linus text tips, you know, he, he he generally goes yeah. out there and is like, Hey, I'm going to plant, plant a flag. Uh, while everybody knows, you know that I'm planting a flag that may very well be challenged or whatever. He's willing to sort of <laughs> do that, but I, I generally find that I'm okay with the way that he goes about it. He's not being petulant; he's being opinionated, right? right. And there's a, there's a difference. Right. And so he definitely came out and said, "Oh, the M1, you know, good luck. This is never going to work the way that they say it's going to work. They're saying it's desktop class and all of this stuff, and it's just there's you know here's the reasons that I believe that that's." Uh, marketing, essentially, snow blowing versus something real. And then, you know, to his credit, came back after the announcement and was like, uh, yeah, so here's all the reasons I was wrong. And this is actually a pretty intensely you know, performant chip and very indicative that they could do some really cool stuff in the future. Right. And I do believe that that disconnect obviously comes largely from um, UMA, you know, from the unified memory architecture um, community, you know, transmitting so much performance gains um, to the, to the CPU and, and that integration there. And I think the same conversation is going to happen again when we come to GPUs because NVIDIA and AMD certainly have like a death grip on that industry and are battling it out, you know, release after release for the most performant graphics chip on the market and all of this stuff. But they aren't systems manufacturers. They cannot right. tell the rest of the system how to act in a certain way. They're certainly more integrated than ever like because every Windows laptop maker and motherboard maker wants to make sure that they work great with the new NVIDIA you know, graphics chip because otherwise people won't buy them, right? It's like a big driver of sales for gaming and for, for specialized applications. But they don't make those systems. They can't build them from the ground up to work perfectly with them. And at the end of the day, they are still a peripheral they are at the edge of the system or at one edge of the system talking to the system. Whereas the M1 is not a peripheral. It is the system, you know, and the M1's graphics processing and M1's memory architecture is the system. And that huge kind of step change in the way that we think about systems integrations. I believe will forever change the way we, you know, process those words. Integrated graphics, right? It may redeem the term forever <laughs> in a way that you know we 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 really haven't seen much happen. Much, you know, everybody's like, "Hey, external GPUs are the thing." So, very interesting. Time ahead. And and
1: and part of this is a mindset difference that hasn't changed in twenty five thirty years. Right. I think back to the nineties and I remember a very, I forget the guy. I forget his name, but I remember the argument. There was a guy in the Drexel dorms, uh, who was more of a PC enthusiast Mm. and Drexel was very famously was one of these Macintosh campus campuses where you had to have access to a Mac to do coursework. Mm. Mm -hmm. And he was nonplussed about it. Like, I, I think he brought his PC then. So he had like a PC and a Mac on his tiny little dorm desk. And I remember this argument with him about sound cards. And I was like, it don't like take a step back. Isn't this crazy? It's crazy that, that, that you need to buy a separate sound card and get sound drivers and make sure they're compatible and keep them up to date. Like you shouldn't. Be able to have a computer that doesn't make sound unless you, <laughs> right. Or, or, or it, you know, the only sound that a PC without a sound card in the 90s can make was like a 16 kilohertz, you know, like doorbell <laughs> ring, you know, yeah, like <laughs> it, it was like a chip tone type thing unless you bought a sound card and you had to keep the drives. Like, this is crazy. Uh, it should all just work. Why, why shouldn't, why are you designing it? Right. And that's still like, okay, sound cards aren't really a thing anymore, but graphic cards still are, right? It, it's, it's still that mindset that if you become an enthusiast and you really care, you pick these components and put them together. And sure, Apple never really was into that. You know, like you can't just put any. S- you can't put an nvidia gpu in a mac pro period right they did it just you know it, it's not windows right you know and the apple's di- divorce with nvidia you know four or five years ago you know it is never going to heal mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. uh but but yeah the window for that like to heal apple, and
0: nvidia to integrate deeply right. is past you know now it's apple going nah, right we're but- gonna do it <laughs>
1: But building their Macs on the Intel architecture meant that Apple had to do these component choices. Yeah. Okay, we'll support these GPUs from AMD and we'll support the switching between the integrated Intel GPU and the AMD that we add to the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. And we'll write the stuff in the in OS to know when to kick into that and go back to this. We'll do that, but it's like ultimately the experience should just be no. Just turn it on, and it has good graphics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, and I feel like that's the reckoning that like Linus at uh, Linus Tech. I don't know what his last name is, but I, I, I know, know what you're talking. It. He called it. He, and he he was calling it an iPad chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that was, and again, I get it. I get the perspective, yeah. but it's like, dude, you're 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 not getting it. And I think one way Apple sandbagged everybody too, and I I checked on this. I I never signed up to get a dev kit because I, mm-hmm. I I didn't really have a reason for, and yes. I didn't think it would be worthwhile. And I you know I asked around, and, and you know people who I trusted Apple to give me an honest answer. No, don't get a dev kit just to sort of to see what prep the M1
0: R- yeah. era is going to be like.
1: Yeah. Right? It, it. I was told no, it's not worth it. It's 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 not indicative. It is really truly for compatibility. Mm-hmm. It is it is truly valuable for developers to test binary compatibility. It is not indicative at
0: all. And we're not just saying, Yeah, that. it's not some sort and of I've sneak preview of my, that's going to give you a good insight. Right? Yeah.
1: Right, and so I've talked to some friends who have, you know, you know, lots and lots of developers have them because they want to be compatible, and I was like, hey, am I not, like, nobody was raving about the performance of those dev mm-hmm. kits. Oh, like, yeah, the dev kits weren't great. They're not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not like you were running stuff in molasses, and, right. and, and I think like. But it was
0: there just to see, you know, hey, will uh, it compile, it, will it run, Will it get? will right. it get out the door? But
1: yeah. none of these amazing feats of computing uh,
0: performance mm-hmm. were evident on the dev kit.
1: It just wasn't there. But I kind of ha- think that that framed people's perspectives that whatever the M chips were going to be, they were going to be like that, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I feel like your Linus type people who were coming at it from a skeptical perspective saw what people were saying about the dev kits and thought that was going to be that was indicative of what they would ship. Mm-hmm. And those
0: wouldn't be bad, right? Like mm-hmm. if they
1: shipped a Mac mini yeah, that if the first generation like a dev kit. yeah,
0: exactly. The first generation was like, hey, as performant or slightly less performant than current models. I think they think it would have gotten a total pass. Like there's nobody was right. expecting it's anything just, more than that. Right. It's it it
1: it just wouldn't have gotten raves. It Mm-mm. wasn't, it wouldn't be seen as a breakthrough. It no. was like, huh, you know, it ends up that the, uh, that the dev kit performs exactly like, uh, you know, like a low end Intel Mac. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, roughly the same. Right. Um, but I really felt like that sandbagged people's perspectives in terms of thinking that that was all they were capable of. Mm. Um, and I kind of feel like it might be happening again where people are thinking, okay, this is the best Apple can do.
0: And so these are, you know, uh, so I. <laughs> this isn't great if you're <laughs> yeah. a pro user. I, I have some, you know, some friends who have worked on this project over the years. And, you know, I, I do feel that there are the, the perception ahead of time, while, you know, I, it wasn't like I was getting some sort of grand view into what they were up to. Just like, oh, yeah, you know, working on this thing. It's pretty cool. But I think that there is a, <laughs> a general vibe inside Apple that they were afraid to tip their hand to Intel. Yes, I think in, so And too. not in terms yeah. – I mean, I'm talking about the time period even after they announced it, right? So, like, I think they – I mean, before they announced it, for sure. Like, they didn't want to tip their hand to Intel – Big time, uh, you know, before they were ready because then, you know, there are all kinds of problems with negotiation and like, you know, Intel probably gets pissed or, or gets irritated. I mean, Intel, if they're not stupid, they knew this was coming eventually, especially years out. If pundits are saying it on the internet, Intel, who's in the business, knows, right? But there, there certainly was, there's a difference between, hey, they may do it someday and they're going to do it next year and then ship it the year after or whatever, or ship it like six months later. And like that, I think, is a big, a big difference. And they were afraid to tip their hand because they knew they had something special, but it had to be ready. You know? and, and they knew, though, that once they did tip their hand, it was all over. Like the Intel relationship was done. You know, just absolutely all done, right. done. And, and that they felt they had something special enough to the industry that it would change things massively forever in terms of what people expect. From a performant chip and a performant portable machine, especially, and frankly, a performant machine of any sort, we'll see eventually. Um, they knew that it would change things so much overnight that they didn't. They were afraid that it would get out too early, and I think there was a lot of a lot of secrecy and worry about that because they knew Intel was in fact screwed, you know, from that perspective and unable to. At least, very immediately, compete in any real way, shape, or form with these kind, the kind of performance that they were going to see, and they were very, very nervous about it getting out because they knew because that it was a big thing. Yeah, so I'm not and surprised that they sandbags. I, I, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, I, and I think that that also, uh, I think slash actually, know from talking to uh, my friends, um, that that is a big part of the explanation of why the industrial design didn't change mm-hmm. is. Secrecy that 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 for a long stretch, when the go button was hit, I mean everybody knew it's it. it, it, Everybody knew this was coming eventually, but like when the okay, we are actually off to the races and we're doing this for real and we're committing to it internally, Mm. it was typical for Apple, even though this is like a major architecture Mm -hmm. change to their oldest and longest standing platform. Uh, and biggest platform by by scope, uh, very few people knew. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, how do you keep the, the fewest people knowing for the longest time? Well, you you start making hardware for late twenty
0: twenty that looks <laughs> exactly, exactly the same. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and, and, by the way, we're gonna so put part the- we're gonna put this new motherboard in. D- don't worry about why. It's no, yeah. just you know, it's cool. yeah, you know, just a little change, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You can keep the same fan. That's fine. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But you know, little things like the webcam. You know, you know, lots of people dunking on the webcam didn't change uh, as a as a camera device. It's just that the image processing chain chain changed completely and improved dramatically. You know, it's it's still you know it is what it is uh, photographically, but. The picture quality is definitely bigger, better, but, um, and I think also too, in addition to the secrecy, there was definitely a sort of, look, this is such a big change. We know we can do it, but it's such a big change. Every variable we can remove from the equation is... reducing the chance of something going wrong. Yes, yes. And Mm -hmm. so look, we know that now that, you know, once they fixed the keyboard and went back to the scissor, a new scissor switch mechanism, the hardware for these machines is fine. You could say it's not exciting because it's been mostly unchanged except for a keyboard that looks the same and just works the way it probably should have worked all along. Mm -hmm. But removing variables while you're changing the single biggest variable. Yes. The, the architecture. It's,
0: it's smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's a smart way to play. Right. It's just, it's,
1: it's a scientific approach to doing it. Right. Like just, you know, okay. We know that we know this display. We know everything we need to know about the display characteristics. We know this hinge, right. This is a hinge for the display that we know uh, is durable and pleasant and, Let's you know. Let's not take the chance that we ship a new hinge and oh, in the real world. Oh, the M1 Macs are great, but they gets...
0: snap in half. Oh man, you know, yeah. right, right.
1: <laughs> or you know, all of a sudden, three, three, you know, three months in, it starts squeaking or something like that. You don't have to worry. Yeah, about then it becomes you know? the squeak so, Mac
0: Pro or whatever, you know. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, it gets memified. But anyway. I, I do
1: think I, I, so the, uh, the only other question I know, and I, I, I mentioned it on Daring Fireball and then a few readers said, well, the other question in addition to whether Apple's going to do their own GPUs is what are they going to do about RAM on uh, memory on high level machines? Is it always going to be on the chip yeah. for all the machines? Yeah. I think no. I think that the, the pro, I don't know about, I, I would guess that even on the pro, 16-inch MacBooks, that they'll still be on the chip because they haven't offered user-upgradable RAM on even MacBook Pros for a long time, right? Right. You You buy a configuration,
0: and that's your configuration. For the Mac Pro,
1: I would guess, though, that it will still be modular and that there's some different arc. It just doesn't make sense that you would say, if you're going to build a machine that goes up to a terabyte of RAM, and the fact that they did a terabyte of RAM... In the Intel Mac Pro, they're not going to go back mm-hmm. right, and say, oh, well, all of a sudden now that we're on Apple Silicon, the most you can put in a Mac Pro is 256 gigabytes or something. You don't make a machine capable of going up to a terabyte of RAM and then say to somebody who configures it with 256 gigabytes, you know, and they're obviously already spending a small fortune. Oh, and if you ever decide you do need more, you've got to buy a whole new machine. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah it doesn't uh, I mean there I don't know how they do it. I don't know what the electrical engineering aspect of it that they keep it as performant as having it on chip. But I would guess with memory on the desktops, it will still be modular in some way. Maybe there will be some on the chip And some off, but I would guess it that will still be modular.
0: Yeah, that'd be my bet if you were going to ask me how, what what would be the setup, is there will still be some sort of base memory that is integrated, you know, that's the part of that universal pool. And then additional memory for larger operations would be off chip and therefore, you know, yes, would be less performant than the integrated. But I think that, let's say you were able to offer a Mac Pro and you go, oh, you know, I'm going to get the uh, 32-gigabyte Mac Pro, right, or the 64-gigabyte Mac Pro, and then it's got RAM slots on it that you can add up to a terabyte or two terabytes more or whatever, Um, but the 32 gigabytes is incredibly performant, right? And you maybe don't use that external memory for many operations at all, and it's only the operations that require storing enormous textures or enormous libraries in you know, in them that it actually taps into them at all. So the vast majority of your operations are much more performant. And then the small subset of those operations that require that larger memory pool are maybe slightly less performant, but still get the benefits of UMA on top of it. So they're better than the Mac Pro previous, right? Like that's my, if I had to articulate the scenario, that's, that's the way I would look at it.
1: Right. Right. Like if you're doing some kind of data modeling or some kind of scientific computing where you've got this, um, uh, you know, literally 200 gigabyte data model that you want to put in memory. Sure. That just goes off to the, that, that RAM mm-hmm. and you can keep it there. But you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like if, if they're going to go up to that high, they're not going to, they're not going to, there would be too many SKUs, right? Like <laughs> you're going to <Yep>. buy what? <laughs> A 64 gigabyte Mac Pro, or 128, uh-huh. or 256. You're gonna get a 512. You're gonna get a 768.
0: No, it's it's too bad. 768, man. I anyway. haven't heard that. I haven't heard that number in a long time. I think that's the, the good right old number. days. Yeah, know. no, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's the fractional RAM days. Um, yeah, you know you're a nerd when you think that's an even number. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ah, that's that number feels comfortable. You're like, why? <laughs> why would it feel comfortable? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Have a good holiday season, Matthew. Thank you, you it's too. always good to talk yeah, to absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, uh um anything else? Everybody can read your fine work and the work of your fine staff at TechCrunch. You guys are still kicking kicking ass over there. Thank you, Kindly. Um, Making an attempt. And then on uh, on the Twitter, you're at Panzer, P-A-N-Z-E-R. Uh, which endlessly frustrates my ability to communicate with you. <laughs> so I, I start typing this shortcut, P A N Z E, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, that's not right. It's A. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> uh, and thanks to our sponsors, we had, uh, Away, where you can buy a suitcase. We had Collide, where they want you to read their honest security report at honest.security and Mac Weldon, where you can go and buy, uh, uh, amazing menswear, underwear, jet hoodies, slippers. Anything you want. My thanks to them. All right. Adios, Matthew. Thank
0: you very much, sir. Appreciate it.